Welcome to Cricket Only Better episode 223. I'm Ed Hawkins. This is your ultimate betting guide to the Big Bash, Sam Collins's favourite time of year. Honestly, Hawkins, if you hadn't told me, I could have told. I would. I just assumed it was still going from like, probably like twenty twenty one's edition is still going somewhere in the background in Australia. People are playing the big bish. Um, it's back, the original marathon, not a sprint, although slightly shorter now. Um, I'm told um, is back. Paul Krishnamurti of Betting Betfair, are you ready? Just about. Just about. You look sight. Everyone, surely everyone's galvanised by this um, this internal strife in Australia, aren't we? Um, Mitchell Johnson versus David Warner with George with some added George Bailey. Um, Richard Mann of SportingLife.com, you're struggling with a virus, but you insist that you remain of sound mind. Uh, is that the case? It is the case. I'm probably the opposite to Paul. I'm really excited about this this tournament. I, I do have a soft spot for it. I must admit. Soft spot, a man, man with a heart, Richard. Man, a man with a heart. Um, I have to mention uh, the reason you're possibly feeling a little bit more chipper than you might otherwise is that you had an eleven to four triumph last week, landing winners at fifteen to two, five to two, and four to one. Oh, sorry, that's Paul who uh, landed winners at fifteen to two, five to two, and four to one. So perhaps everybody, we should all be listening a bit more carefully to you two this week. Um, Hawkins, what's on the show? Yeah, every team analysed for your big bash. Uh, ranked for batting and bowling power. Uh, some betting nuggets in there. We've got a little bit of a ground guide. Thanks to Paul picking out a couple of options. Uh, top tournament run scorer thoughts and top tournament bowler. And of course, uh, Richard and Paul will name the winner and who finishes in the top four. Okay. Um, it would be rude, probably not, to start with an outright. So, these are prices from Betfair Sportsbook as every week. Perth Scorchers are the favourites, 11 to 4. Sydney Sixers, 4 to 1. Melbourne Renegades at sixes. Hobart Hurricanes also at sixes. Brisbane Heat, 7 to 1. Adelaide Strikers, 8 to 1. Sydney Thunder, 8 to 1 as well. Uh, Melbourne Stars are bringing up the rear at nines. Uh, Hawkins, maybe some housekeeping. How does this thing work? Well, it's a 40-match group stage now instead of 56, so they've shortened it, thank goodness. And we've got top four through to the playoffs now instead of the top five, which was uh, obviously ridiculous. But the big issue with the big bash is the player availability. Huge squad churn last season, if you remember. It made it rather difficult uh, to know who was coming, who was going. Uh, it might not be as bad this time round. However, we've got the Abu Dhabi T10, uh, and the final of that is on December 9th. So that includes somebody like James Vince at Sydney Sixers and a few others. We've got Australia versus Pakistan Test Series. So Australia, Australia players coming back for the final round of group games and playoffs uh, for the Big Bash once that is out of the way. We've got the ILT20. So a chunk of players are likely to miss. The playoffs that is likely to include Alex Hales at Sydney Thunder, for example. Afghanistan versus India uh, in a series from 11th of January. People like Majib involved in that one. Pakistan versus New Zealand, uh, the 12th of January. So that's the last vestiges of the group and playoffs for Pakistan players like Ralph and Usman yeah, at the Stars. Uh, so you need to be on your toes as to where these players are coming and going from. 
Indeed, Hawkins. Wise words. Thank you very much. Uh, Richard Mann, Perth Scorchers are the holders. Uh, were they unaffected by player churn last year? Um, and if so, is that the first pointer to look for a settled squad? Yeah, I think it's a massive advantage, isn't it? And, and where Perth and, and Sydney actually before them, why they've had so much success is that they've had a strong Australian core, but a lot of those players just fell below international standard, really. Think of guys like Steve O'Keefe, Enrique's, uh, Sydney Sixers, um, Josh Philippi as well. And then now Perth, Aaron Hardy, I know he's been in and around the squad, but I doubt he'll feature this summer. Um, Bancroft's another one who did really well for them. Captain Ashton Turner, really good players at this level, but won't, won't get taken away for Australia. Perth have got so much depth anyway. Um, but what I would say about this this squad churn, apart from the, the IPL, this isn't unique, is it, for a franchise tournament? We're used to it now. We get it all the time. And actually, as frustrating as it is, and it probably does ruin the spectacle a little bit, if you're on your toes and you're agile mid-tournament, you can get ahead of the traders. You can definitely find some value if you've got your ears to the ground. There we go. Mediocrity rules, says Richard Mann in the Big Bash. Who would? Uh, I, your word's not mine, Richard. Um, right, Paul Krishnamurti, a mini ground guide for us, please. Uh, you've picked some nuggets from uh, some of the venues. Yeah, I have. Um, first, just to say, don't expect the crazy high scores we've seen at other uh, franchises, like in India, for example. These are bigger grounds. And, you know, when I was implying that I'm not too keen on this tournament, this is probably the key reason you don't get that many extremes. So that isn't such a strategy that following other things back in the extremes it doesn't work so well in Australia. Um, right, but anyway, um, so first of all, if we're backing overs, Again, don't go for the extremes, go for the 160s, 170s. The most reliable ground in my book is Adelaide. Um, 59% scores come in 160 plus, 29% 180 plus. That's not the highest among all the grounds, but it's probably the most reliable ground. And I think generally looking at the consistency over the years, that's the best. Hobart is the highest, 66% coming at 160 plus. 34% and 180 plus and I suspect the odds will be bigger than those percentages suggest but the scores were much lower last year so there's a bit of a watching brief there third ground I'd say for overs stats don't particularly back it up is the Marvel Stadium uh, 52% at 160 plus 21% 180 plus but we have seen some big ones and I think that those numbers are um skewed a little bit by the fact that for years Renegades were terrible. So you saw a lot of low scores from a terrible side. Now for the unders, um, I would focus more on sixes than on runs. And I'd go particularly for these four. The MCG, so first of all, just to remember that on Betfair Exchange, the line is 10 or fewer, and then between 10 and 15, 10 to 14, and then 15 or more. So that 10 or fewer line, which is always nearly always odds against, at the MCG, it's won 77% of the time, so it should be a 3-1 to one on chance. At the Showground Stadium, it's won 69%, so maybe a 4-11 to 11 chance. SCG, 67%, should be 2-1 to one on. And then at the Gabba, it's 62%. And I'll just add as well that all four of those grounds, I think the real key to it is the overheads. If you see um, bowler for any conditions, cloudy conditions, definitely go under those four, those four grounds. Okay. Um, lovely stuff. Thank you very much, 
Paul Krishnamurti. Now, um, I do believe we are moving on to a team by team guide. Um, comes in reverse betting order. Uh, Richard Mann, are you ready? I am. Paul Krishnamurti, are you ready? Yeah, just about. Anne Hawkins, go on. Are you ready? If you like, yeah. Oh, come on then. Let's go. <laughs> right. Uh, Melbourne Stars to win the Big Bash are nine to one. Uh, to reach the final, they are four to one. To qualify, they are six to four. To finish bottom, they are three to one. Hawkins is absolutely champing at the bit to get low down. Yeah, all better fair sports book prices. 2023 finish, they finish bottom the stars. Uh, batting uh, uh, power, they are seventh. Bowling economy rank, they are fifth. Those are 23 numbers. Uh, possible 11 for you. Rogers, Harper, Kellaway, Maxwell, Stoinis, Larkin, Cartwright, Coulter, Nile, Osama, Ralph and Boland. Remember, we talked about players leaving uh, earlier in the show. So Harris, Ralph. Pakistan versus New Zealand, potential ILT20, Osama Mir as well, the same. Uh, Liam Dawson is there for the first three matches only. Imad Wabzim is from December 26, but uh, he could well then nip off the ILT20, so not much point in turning up at all, really. Um, they have lost Adam Zampa, but I wonder whether they're a little bit pricey considering Glenn Maxwell didn't play at all last season, and that really hurt them. Okay, um, Paul Krishnamurti, very early in the piece, but is this some? Um, is this price too big? I don't think so. Um, it's interesting to see them as outsiders for once, because usually they're over bet. But I just don't think it's a balanced side. That is a good point it makes. They missed Maxwell last year, but they're very reliant on him and Stoinis, and Stoinis hasn't exactly set in the world a lot. Plus, I mean, the strength in that squad is the bowling. But look at the players they're going to miss. You know, Harris, Ralph, Osama, Mia, Imad Wazim, all disappearing for the last chunks of it. So, no, I, they could well finish bottom again. I'm not going to say they're going to finish bottom, but they're contenders for that. Richard Mann, is Paul Krishnamurti um, wrong to dismiss a team with Maxwell and Stoinis as complete bobbins? No, I'm with Paul as well, really. I think the interesting point about those two two guys is, I mean, how motivated for this is Glenn Maxwell going to be? I mean, he's just been Australia's hero or one of them at the World Cup, hasn't he? And then now he's coming back to the big bash with all due respect. It's not not a World Cup, is it? Stoinis, as Paul said, has been badly out of form. Zampa's a huge loss. I mean, that is a colossal loss. Um, so I see them struggling, really. The bowling looks good on its day, but again, they're going to lose players. They're not for me. Richard Mann, just gently negging the big bash at every opportunity. I just, I don't like to hear this. I'm sorry. Play fair. Um, what nuggets have you spotted from some of the other markets or um, or trades or just general musings? Paul um, Krishnamurti, then Richard. The one bit I think I'd look at would be Mark Stichetti, 11-4, because I think that he's going to pretty much play every game you would have thought, whereas the other bowlers are going to be missing at various points. Richard Mann. I quite like uh, Sam Harper 5-1 to one, and their overall tournament run score. Obviously, he's got Maxwell to beat, but he, he finished the season really well for Renegades last year. Looked like he turned a corner. He used to make loads of nice pretty starts and not go on. But he did that at the end of last year. He's coming to the, this domestic season in good touch. The warm-up matches, he's been opening the batting as well. I thought 5-1 to one was fair price, to be honest. 
Good heat, guys. Quick game's a good game. As they say, moving on swiftly to Sydney Thunder, who are eight to one to win the big bash. They are seven to two to reach the final. Better first sports prices, of course. To qualify, they are eleven to ten, and to finish bottom, they are four to one. Hawkins, please read out some indiscriminate names and numbers. Yeah, fourth last season, they're eighth on batting power, and they're third on bowling economy. A possible eleven for you: Jilks, Hales, uh, Jason Sanger, Davies, Ross, Sam's Green, McCarth, McAndrew, uh, Sandu, Hatcher, and Tamvir Sanger. Uh, they've not done a huge amount in terms of um, bringing players in. Cameron Bancroft is a very much a um, meh signing. Zaman Khan is another one who could be um, missing for Pakistan versus New Zealand and, and BPL as, as well, actually. Um, uh, Liam Hatcher, decent pickup, though, from the Stars. Um, and Alex Hales, of course. When you've got uh, that issue with that batting power rank, as I've just said, it's not great that he's going to be likely to be missing. Uh, for the ILT20, so we'll be missing for the playoffs if they get there. So not really sure they've solved batting problems. Richard, man, a um, bit of a hammer blow for them, potentially losing Hales. Uh, you were quite sweet on them um, for a few editions and for 23 years ago, I, remember, I recall. Yeah, I, I was, and, and that was really their opportunity, and they, they didn't quite get it done in the last stages. They should have done. They should have finished top two that year. But Hills were the top top tournament run scorer that year, and they still couldn't win the thing. Um, they're a weaker side now. They, you know, guys like Kawaja opening the batting, Callum Ferguson. That those guys have long gone. Hills isn't. Hills played the whole competition that year. Uh, they just look a much weaker outfit. I think their chance has gone. Okay, Paul Krishnamurti. Anything for you scavenging around here? Yeah, no, I'm with Rich. I think they're weak. Um, I, I don't think their score is good enough to be able to cope with losing Hales and Sams for periods of this. And as Ed said, Bancroft is a relatively big signing, but it's nothing to get excited about. The one thing I'd say about them is like they're the opposite to Stars, aren't they, Thunder? They're the team that seem to overperform with a weak side every year. So for that reason, I'd avoid them finishing bottom, but I don't fancy them contending at all. Okay, Nuggets. Richard first, then Paul. Nothing with massive confidence. They just, to me, they're a side who's got a batting implosion in them, and I think there's some some decent hitters down the order. Thinking Sam's McAndrew. Uh, I wouldn't mind throwing a few quid at the lower order from from time to time if they come up against a good bowling attack in those bowling conditions that Paul mentioned. Okay, Apple. Yeah, uh, just build on that. Absolutely, um, it's a. It's an underground showground stadium. They look pretty weak. Uh, I think you could it could well be worth certainly if you've got the right conditions. I'd be looking at going under one thirty, under one twenty. That that would be a reasonable value bet, a big price when they're in those conditions. Thank you, Paul Krishnamurti. Moving on to Adelaide Strikers next. Eight to one with Betfair Sportsbook. To reach the final, they are seven to two. To qualify, they are eleven to ten. To finish bottom, they are also four to one. Um, Hawkins, how do they line up? Uh, yeah, seventh last season. Strike, uh, striking with about their fifth for power, sixth on bowling economy ranks, so they're pretty middle of the road. They have lost Rashid Khan, of course. I'm not entirely sure that they've actually replaced him. A possible 11 for you is Lynn, uh, Matt Short, Wetherald, uh, Darcy Short, Hose, Nielsen, Basley, Overton, Boyce, Wes Arger, Wes. Where's Agar? Argo is something I have in the kitchen. 
uh, and Thornton, Jamie Overton, Hose, ILT20 candidates. So bear that in mind. Um, they seem to think this is about um, 2018 with, the, with this um, Lynn and Darcy Short uh, lineup with the bat. Um, I think they're really going to struggle without Rashid Khan. And um, when they get Travis Head back, uh, don't be surprised if he doesn't fail to give them a pep because he must be absolutely whacked. Um, and they've got a bit of a theme for finishing poorly Adelaide strikers these days. Uh, uh, um, where am I going? Paul Krishnamurti, uh, no Rashid, no chance, perhaps. A better yeah. struggle. That's what I'd say. Um, I mean, you're talking about a side that was always quite reliant on him. They struggled most recent years quite badly out late. They've also lost Peter Siddle, who's been a bit of a talisman for them over the years. Um, Darcy Short isn't a fraction of the player he was. I'm not so down on David Lynn. I think David Lynn could be their best hope of doing anything. But I think if I was picking a team to come bottom, it would be strikers. Okay. Um, Richard, Rashid's replacement is uh, David Payne, um, which is not like for like at all. Early warning signs, perhaps. He sounds like a Conservative MP, doesn't he? Um, I'm sure he's not. Um, Huge loss and... As Paul said, Peter Siddle, possibly even as big a loss. I mean, particularly at the death, he's been a fantastic performer for them. I, I, I'm with Paul. I think they could, could well finish bottom. I don't want to get too critical here, but I don't think Jason Gillespie has at all taken this team forward. They, they look a week aside from last year. They look a week. Last year, they looked a week aside from the year before. They've just not developed. Um, the other teams have and have caught them up and surpassed them. And, and I think they'll struggle. Okay. Um, nuggets, Paul, then Richard. I would have um, David Lynn, uh, Chris Lynn, three to one uh, for top Adelaide batsman, getting mixed up with golfers there. Yeah, I, I, I mentioned him last year. I'm a big fan of Adam Hose when he plays. I think he's a terrific prospect Englishman. Um, I'll, I'll be having him on side um, when he comes into bat. And building on what Paul said, this is Adelaide's a great ground for runs, but with, with Adelaide's weak and bowling attack, I think it's going to be even more a ground for both teams to score because one thing you had with Adelaide is, although it was for runs, they had Rashid who was bowling far over to 20, but that's gone now. They could really leak runs and, and if they're batting clicks, hopefully they'll score enough to bring that bet into play. Okay, um, moving on. Three down, five to go. Best bets, top four named, and that and best bowler bets still to come. For now, you're going to have to make do, I'm afraid, with Brisbane Heat, who are 7-1 to one with Betfair Sportsbook to win this thing. To reach the final, they are 16-5. to five. To qualify, they are evens. Hawkins, please do your thing. Yeah, runners-up rather surprisingly last time out. Um, they're good with the bat, or they were good with the bat in 23. They were fourth ranked uh, for batting power but uh, they were not so hot with the ball, ball actually well they were they were tepid they were eighth out of eight in terms of bowling economy in has come Paul Walter and that's basically it they've got Usman Khawaja to come back into their team once Australia Pakistan has done Labrashane of course as well Colin Munro and Sam Billings are in this squad um, and uh, asterisks by their name because they are ILT20 Candidates, so a possible 11 for you. Renshaw McSweeney, Munro Billings, Pearson, 
Walter, Nessa, Nisa, rather, Prestwich, uh, Kuhneman, and um, I've forgotten who else was going to be in this team. Uh, Spencer Johnson, of course. Uh, how many is that? Is that 10? Is that 11? Uh, Swepson, Mitchell Swepson. Swepson, of course. So the last the last ones there, Johnson, Swepson and Kuhneman. Richard, um, these are your boys, or have you got memory loss like Hawkins? No, I, I, I do really like them. Um, this this used to be the side that you wanted to get beat, didn't you? They used to have loads of good individuals, big-name players, but as a team, they just didn't deliver. Um, but I think the Chris Lynn's gone now. You know, they had De Villiers once, didn't they? Steckity's another one gone. Lehman's gone as coach. And I think last year, we, we saw the beginning of a new dawn. New coach come in, Kawaglia and Jimmy Pearson doing the captaincy together, um, depending on Kawaglia's availability. And some young players were bloodied. McSweeney, I think, is a terrific prospect. I think he'd be the next Australia captain. Um, you heard that here first. Spencer Johnson looks a terrific prospect with a ball. Got Josh Brown, who did really well last year. Um, so these guys that were getting held back because of the Lins and the Steckities, they're now getting a chance and they did really well last year into the playoffs through the back door. Probably should have beat Perth in the final. They were one wicket away. And I expect them to take a big leap forward this year. Bowling looks good. Johnson, Pace, Nice are outstanding last year. 26 wickets. Got leg swings, swept some uh, finger spin with Kuhneman. Loads of batting top to bottom. Experience, good overseas. I think they tick a lot of boxes and at the prices, they're a bet for me. All right, Richard. That's very, what a, that's a monologue. Unbelievable. Um, Paul, do you agree? I'm not down on them. I'm not really won't dismiss them. I think Rich makes a lot of good points. They're they're a, they're a good team. They they do seem to sort of get the most out of what they've got. But I don't trust the bowling really to make them champions. I don't think the bowling's strong enough. Um, I think look if they're in contention when Kawaja and Labuschagne come back, you've got to take them seriously because they did that last year. That's not the they did it the day before where they qualified for the playoffs out of nowhere. So they definitely do improve at the end but I'm still a little bit down on them. And I, I think Stiketti's quite a loss and I think Sam Haynes quite a loss. So possibly, probably qualify, but wouldn't be champions for me. Okay. Uh, any other bet chances? Uh, Richard? Well... You can't name everybody. I can't name anybody. No, you can't name everybody. Oh, sorry. And uh, Nisa, player of the tournament at 25s. If you think they're going to have a good run, he's got to come into the calculations. Uh, I think he was second highest wicket taker last year. He's batting to come on a ton as well. He was brilliant for Club Glamorgan in the summer. Um, he'll get he'll make plenty of contributions. And the other one, when he comes back, McSweeney is captain in the Australia President's eleven this week against Pakistan. So he'll miss the first game. But when McSweeney comes back in, he's that sort of anchor we talk about who maybe frustrates T20 viewers but he's great for top top batsman bets and he'll be, he'll be underrated he'll go off 5-1 to one in this market I think early doors you want to be with him Cool Well I believe Jimmy Pearson won this uh, last year top uh, Brisbane batsman he's 33-1 to one. so that's a very reasonable price and number 5 batsman who's probably going to play every game and I'd totally endorse that. 25 to 1 needs to play at all. That's a cracking bet, which is just part of that. Okay. Um, thank you very much. A quick reminder that if you cannot get enough of this big bash goodness, uh, Edward Hawkins, uh, that's him over there, 
uh, on the top left, uh, will have his own team-by-team guide available on betting.betfair, outright preview, plus everything covered over there. Um, check it out. Right, now it's top four in the Betfair Sportsbook betting, and the one, first one, of, of, or the fourth one in the betting, um, is Hobart Hurricanes, who are 6-1 to one to reach the final. They are 3-1 to one to qualify. They are 4-5 to five, over to the aforementioned Edward Hawkins. Six last season, batting is good. They were ranked third. However, bowling economy is a problem. They were seventh. And as Paul mentioned earlier about their home ground, it's a one for runs. So have they uh, filled any gaps with the bowling signings that they've made in? Hats Ogley from Perth is a spin bowler. Chris Jordan comes in, but it has an asterisk by his name for ILT20, likewise, um, Sam Hain with the bat, um, and really that's about it. Uh, Corey Anderson, again, is another one which seems to think it's about 2016. Uh, he was good years ago. Um, I don't know what he's doing really in this tournament. Possible 11 for you, Jewel McDermott, Heaslett, Hain, David, that's Tim David Wade, Corey Anderson, Chris Jordan, Ellis, Meredith, and Dooley. Okay, um, Hawking, uh, not Hawking, sorry, Paul Krishnamurti. Do um, ILT20 departures hurt these guys as well? I wouldn't have said, um, compared to other sides, I think they've got they've got it relatively good. I, don't think, I think that's all they're going to lose. Um, I don't suppose Ben McDermott's going to be called up, possibly, I suppose, but uh, I wouldn't have thought so. Um, so, no, they're, they're, my, my problem is I've fallen for Hobart before. Right, and they don't deliver. They've got a strangely poor record for what is a very good squad. I mean, I would look at say that Wade McDermott, Tim David, and Hayne, very good batting lineup, and others as well. Matt Wright, kind of dual, and then you've got Meredith, um, Nathan Ellis, Pat Dooley, superb trio there to head the bowling, and Chris Jordan when he's available, very good death bowler. It looks really strong. As I say, my only negative is that they've um, they've failed so many times in the past when you've expected more of them. And also, not that, you know, you can pick a very good side without them, but there's a lot of good players left there. You know, Scott Boland, um, Asif Ali, Fahim Ashrash, Shadam Khan. They, they, they think they are big losses. But you would still think with a squad like that, they're good enough to qualify. Okay. Uh, Richard Mann, have they solved their bowling issues? I wouldn't be convinced with that, um, particularly Chris Jordan. It looks like he's, he's, the flame's going out with him a little bit. Um, what I do like about this this team, though, is something I sort of called on last year. They were ram-packed full of top-order players a couple of years ago. I think Darcy Short in there, Crawley as well. And they couldn't fit them all in and people were having to bat out of position. But now that, that batting lineup's thinned out and all right, First glance, you think, well, that's a negative, but at least there'll be player clarity here. Everyone will know the worlds. We know that Jules going to open the batting with McDermott. Sam Hayne will slot in at number four. Tim David will be saved for the finisher role. Um, and the batsman will just be expected to get runs. Um, and I, I, I just wonder if you, you might see something better from this batting unit. People will know what's required of them now. You won't have people coming in and out. Um, and, and I could see them surprising a few this time around. The bowling does concern me um, but I think the batting could fire okay um, any nuggets please Paul and then Richard nothing much just say it's a case of wait and see how the uh, pitch is playing at Hobart because 
historically has been very good for runs, but it wasn't last year. So if it is good, if it, if it does look like it's it's batting friendly, then this could be a case to back to back overs because they've certainly got the batting to do to hit big scores here. Okay, Richard. That was exactly what I was going to say. I think the batting could be underrated and and, and in the markets too. Okay, moving on. Melbourne Renegades are six to one to reach the final. They are three to one to qualify. They are four to five. Um, and to Hawkins, Hawkins, Collins. Thank you. Third last season, they did well. I uh, didn't see that coming. Uh, with the bat, uh, ranked sixth, batting power fourth with bowling economy. So that's a pretty decent start. Can they um, improve their batting? Uh, well, they've signed Quinton de Kock, have a big, big asterisk by his name because uh, there's going to be a small window that he's going to be available. Abu Dhabi T10, South Africa versus India, and then the SAT20 as well. So don't bet back renegades because they've got Quinton de Kock and bear that in mind for your outrights as well. Um, Adam Zampa, obviously a great signing for them. They've got Nathan Lyon as well. They do have player churn here, Mujib uh, Rahman. Afghanistan versus India series, ILT20. Joe Clark with the gloves, ILT20 candidate as well, but possible 11 for you. Uh, Madison Clark, Fraser McGurk, Finch, Harvey Wells, Sutherland, Najib, Kane Richardson um, and Zampa. Uh, I'd be much happier if uh, Madison wasn't in this team and Sean Marsh was playing instead. He's not uh, because Madison is the captain. I have absolutely no idea why this guy's got a contract, uh, let alone captain of a franchise. He averaged 18 last season, 16 the season before that. I don't know what he's got on whoever's picking the Renegades team, but it's it's something. And you can short his runs all day long. There you go. Richard Mann, uh, does Zampa turn this lot into champions is my, my first question. My second question is, is Hawkins okay? Well, I'll I'll start with Hawkins. I, I I agree. You remember last year, um, the Renegades were struggling, and then the reason that they did well was Madison got injured. It wasn't just that they they obviously could get rid of his buying, but Finch then took over as captain, being a brilliant captain for Australia, uh, and he just transformed them. His captaincy display in that derby against the Stars, where they defended a small total, it was a masterclass. Madison's not in the same league, so I think they'll really miss out there, which is a shame because I'm quite keen on them. I, I think. I think they've got a lot going from Zampa, obviously a great signing. I think Siddeley's as well. The bowling's been the weak link, but I think they could be really strong in that department. Fraser McGurk looked a young player of real promise. Um, and we've seen it domestically over the last few months that he's just starting to make that transition. So there's a lot going for them. Um, but the captains are worried. And how much has Finch got left with the bat as well? I mean, he had a good season last year, but not played any cricket since. Um. Paul Krishnamurti, um, thoughts on on these lads? I mean, looking a bit dad's army with um, 71-year-old Peter Siddle joining the ranks, aren't they? I'm really positive about him. It's got me thinking now, with all that negativity. <laughs> but I think 9-1, 9.5-1 on the exchange is a pretty fair bet. To me, they're worthy third favourites. And I think Zampa's a brilliant signing. I think Siddle's a great signing. Joe Clark's a good signing. They improved, you know, after years of being absolutely dire. They improved dramatically last year. And I, I don't see why they can't see it. There's, there's, there's quite a big squad. Nathan Lyon's another one. Um, I, I think they can hopefully manage 
the age the age problem because they've got enough of them to you know uh, not be able to play so many games. Each. John O'Wells, big player for them. Mackenzie Harvey, Fraser McGurk. These are really solid players at this level. So um, yeah, I would say they're a value bet really at nine and a half to one. If I had to pick an outright trade, it would be them. Okay. Um, any nuggets, uh, Richard, Paul? Yeah, like, I agree with Paul actually there. I, I, at, the, at the prices, I think they're definitely a trade. The other one's interesting, Siddle, um, their top tournament bowler is seven to one. I know Zampo will be hard to beat, but um, I think that's a big price about Siddle. And the other thing is <laughs> they'll finish strongly with the bat if they get conditions. Um, Harvey McKenzie, I've been a big fan for a while now, but he's been batting in the middle order in the warm up games and he's been smacking it. We know that Will Sutherland smacks it as well. So I think they've got some real finishing power. Okay, Paul. Just to back them out right, 10.5 on the exchange. I think you'll get a get out much shorter later on. Okay. Thank you very much, fellas. We are down to the final two Sydney Sixers and the Perth Scorchers. Um, Six to one with Betfair Sportsbook that these two contest the final. But for now, let's content ourselves with the Sixers, who are four to one to win this big bish. Um, to reach the final, they are also four to one. And to qualify, they are eight to 15. How are they shaping up, Hawkins? Uh, well, I mean, Sixers are pretty consistent in this tournament, and it's because they've got such a great clutch of uh, domestic talent. I think they probably suffered a little bit last season because they lost. Um, Vince and Jordan at a key time um, and lost their way. They didn't make the final really when they perhaps should have done. Um, I'm just bringing up their possible 11 for you now because my email's gone a bit funny. Uh, bear with me. Uh, here it is. Uh, Felipe, Vince, Patterson, Silk, Kerr, Henriquez, Abbott, Tom Curran, Dwarshus, O'Keefe, Izzel, Hack. Um, just a few pointers from there. Patterson was a disappointment uh, arrived from Perth after topping the charts for them, I think, and then had a poor, poor season. Hayden Kerr didn't really do it either with um, bat or ball, so that was disappointing. Vince has got asterisks by his name to depart before uh, playoffs. Um, Israel Hack as well, Afghanistan versus India, Tom Curran as well. Um, but it all will be for sixes about Jackson Bird. Todd Murphy and probably somebody like Jack Edwards coming in to fill in. And they're still really competitive when they lose those uh, other franchise players. So um, second uh, in the league last season, second with the batting power and second with bowling economy. I mean, Perth really and, and Sixers are just so far ahead of everybody else. Um, as I'm sure Paul and Richard are going to talk about now, that it's, it's a struggle to see how they're they're not going to be. These two are not guaranteed to be in at the business end. Yeah, strong line up that Paul. Uh, the addition of Tom Curran has got to earn them some extra points on the Richard Man's mediocrity index as well, hasn't it? Um, I think they're excellent. I'd really like Sixers top side. Um, very very solid. You know, I'm a great believer. As you know, pedigree franch- franchise pedigree in these tournaments and they have got it in spades. Um, looking at the ins and outs, they've lost players who only play a few games anyway at best or we're getting too old in Dan Christian's case. Um, is all hack? Naveed's a good signing. Current a good signing. I think, you know, the fact that Curtis Patterson didn't have a great season last year nor did Vince, 
that's quite a positive because I don't think they're bad players. I think they'll probably pick up this year. So I think definite contenders and should come into all calculations. Richard Mann. Yeah, look, obviously a strong side, as Paul said, great pedigree. Looks slight negative just on price. It is an aging side, and I, and I kind of wondered last year whether that was we were just seeing the the decline of this great side. Brisbane beat them in the knockouts, didn't they? You look at O'Keefe, you look at Enrique's, um, a couple of other other guys in there that Jordan Silks and other. They are getting on. Strike me as the sort of side that could pick up injuries through this tournament, but they do have the depth to cover it. Um, but it is definitely aging. It just got a back of my mind that we might just be at the end of this great Sixers cycle. Um, I definitely think we're qualified for the knockout. Outs. Um, but as we'll talk about in a minute, I, I do think Perth are the stronger of the two. Other plays and thoughts, please, Paul. Well, um, I mentioned earlier that you get quite a lot of low scores at the SCG because of the overhead conditions. In that case, you're looking at some of those middle orders to be top batsmen. I mean, I know Jordan Silver was actually the top scorer in, throughout the season for them last year, coming at five. That's a signal. But you always get big prices about Sean Abbott, um, always worth following in that market. Tom Curran as well, be very interesting. Um, so I'd look at I'd look at those. And eleven to one. Sorry, John Silk's eleven to one again to the top score again. That's pretty solid because I'm sure he'll play every game. Okay, Richard Mann. Yeah, when he plays, it, I know he's on, on your mediocrity radar, but Tom Curran's batting has, has gone from strength to strength. We saw that in the 100 last year. He top scored um, for Oval in the final. I could see him getting a promotion here, and I think he'll, particularly to begin with, he'll go off massive prices in this market. Paul's mentioned the middle order and silk, but I'd be definitely having Tom Curran. I think he's an excellent cricketer, an improved cricketer, um, and I'll be having a few quid on him. I, I, I see you're about to shake your head at me, Sam. I, I mean, yeah. What, what can I say? Um, so, can we move on? We're moving on to Perth Scorchers, who are 11 to 4 favourites to win this big bash with Betfair Sportsbook to reach the final. They're 11 to 10. To qualify, they are 2 to 5. Get a load of that. Uh, they are the holders. They won the previous edition. No side has won it three times in a row. Over to Hawkins. Yeah, quite right. They're holders and they're ranked, of course, as you'd expect. Number one uh, with the bat and number one with the ball. It's so rare to see the top two teams in the league um, format, by the way, take rankings one and two um, in terms of with their league positions as well. Um, generally, you get a, an outlier with uh, a team coming in to the top with... Um, a strength in one discipline, a significant strength in one discipline over the other, but six of them Perth well ahead of the rest. And if you look at this Perth potential lineup and players to come into the team, they they could even be uh, stronger by the end of the tournament uh, than how they start it. But this is how they will start once Crawley is available for them. Zach Crawley, uh, of course, on England versus West Indies duty, but we do expect him to... Uh, be involved in ILT20 if he fancies it. Laurie Evans as well. So those two are going to open the batting potentially. And they've got Sam Whiteman, who they brought in from Thunder. Uh, and then this is where it gets incredibly strong. And uh, you could argue all these guys are batting too low. English, Hardy, Turner, uh, tremendous engine room there. Hobson, Agar, uh, that's Ashton Agar, Richardson, Jai Richardson, AJ Tai, and Berendorf. Mitch Marsh to come back in potentially after Australia versus Pakistan. 
That would be uh, an upgrade on Crawley, I suspect. They've also got Lance Morris to come back in. Uh, he's involved in Australia versus Pakistan. And if he's not playing, they may well even release him to play in the Big Bash anyway. Um, they've not lost any talent, really. Cameron Bancroft, who I mentioned earlier, has gone. Hats logo, David Payne, they're not bothered about that at all. Uh, doesn't seem to be a huge churn here. I mean, that's just really difficult to stop. I mean, they will make the top four. I guarantee it. Paul Krishnamati, uh, interested to know whether a potential three-peat puts you off um, whatever the tournament. No, no, not at all. Um, I think we've said many times franchise pedigree is the thing that matters and the form book does sound up a lot better than people think in T20 tournaments. And clearly, for all those reasons we've just discussed, they are the side to beat. They've got brilliant sides. Um, to me, that squad is head and shoulders above any other side. And to me, the, you know, you look for a reason to get a favourite beat. The only thing for me would be that maybe they're a bit short at the start of the tournament and you just hope that at some point you'll get four or five to one. So that's what I'm going to be looking to do. If they drift out to four or five to one, I'm getting on. Okay. Uh, Richard Mann, um, a hard stop or too hard to be successful for too long? No, because of the point Ted makes. The thing about this competition, I, I don't want to bag it again, but there is such a gulf between top and bottom. It's not like the IPL where every team can beat everyone. We saw this last year. Within a few weeks, the wheat, the wheat and the chaff were separated and, and it will happen again. Um, they're going to storm into the latter stages. And then as we saw, even in the final against Brisbane, they just got the job done in the end, even though they were outplayed, particularly in the batting innings, um, that lower middle order, which hadn't really been exposed through the tournament. It came good and won them again. That bowling attack is absolutely magnificent. Richardson, Ty, was back to his best. Berendorf, who, who had a brilliant economy in the recent T20 series against India when everyone else was going around the park. Uh, then you've got a spin through Ashton Agar. I mean, it, it it does have everything, doesn't it, for a, a domestic competition. They're going to be incredibly hard to beat. And with Paul, they're probably a little bit short. I think the way in, actually, is predicting the final. Getting them in with another side at a bigger price. I like he, uh, Renegades as well at a big price. But I, I think Perth will definitely make the final. They'll finish top two. They'll have two cracks at it, will they? Okay, any other nuggets, Paul? Uh, I was just going to say what Rich just said about backing them in forecast with other sides in the final. So nothing beyond that. Okay. And um, Richard? Yeah, that was my nugget really. I probably jumped the gun. I, I do apologise, Sam. But yeah, the, the, to make the final with a couple of bigger price sides, I think they're rock solid. As we all do. Okay. Um, that is uh, that's that fantastic. And that, that is that. Um, the big question is which of that lot makes it into the best bets. Uh, maybe we're in need of some more outright winner and top four names still to come. But let's check first on the top batsman and bowler uh, with Edward Hawkins before going back to the guys. Uh, yeah, just to reiterate, there's a uh, point about availability. You want to be really careful on the outrights to be backing players who are not going to get a, a full run at this tournament. So, uh, you know, Vince DeCock. Players like that with the bat, uh, Harris Ralph with with the ball. I mean, these are all big name players, and will be probably inflated prices because of that. But um, I think in terms of finding a top batsman, stick with a domestic uh, batter and an opening batter at that. I know Aaron Hardy won it last time for Perth, beating Matt Short by two. But I think we return to the form guide with a domestic batter 
opening batter at that, winning this market. So just a couple of names. Felipe at 14s with the Sixers top tournament run scorer. And Sam Harper, who we've talked about earlier in the show, 33s for stars. He's been opening in warm-ups. 64 ball ton in the Sheffield Shield very recently. Um, uh, so could have a really good go. And with the and with the ball, sorry, uh, death bowling important. Abbott, Nisa, and Ty the one, two, three uh, last season. So I don't think either of those uh, three would be considered a mug bet this time around either. Okay, um, a batter and a bowler to follow from each, please, Richard Mann first. Yeah, look, I'm going to put Nathan McSweeney up, but look, just to follow match by match because I, I don't think he'll play every game when Kawaja and Labashen are there. With the ball, I don't think he can go wrong with a fit again. Jai Richardson, he's 11 to 1. Um, if Perth go deep, he'll take lots of wickets if he stays fit. Paul Christianati. I'll go um, Matthew Wade, sort of batsman. He's playing quite well at the moment. And um, Master Ketty, 25 for top bowler. Okay, lovely stuff. Thank you, fellas. Now up comes the moment of truth. The top four named, please, and your winner. Um, suspect we may may be able to guess that. Paul Krishnamurti, you first. The winner, Perth, second, City Sixers, third, Melbourne Renegades, fourth, um, Hobart Hurricanes. Richard Mann, reverse order, please, from you, so we can uh, extract a element of suspense here. Oh, God, am I smart enough to do this now? Um, reverse order, Renegades fourth, um, Sixers third, Brisbane Heat's... No, Perth are going to finish second and Brisbane Heat are going to win it. Numero uno. Oh, my God, Richard Mann is, is on heat for Brisbane. Is that a studio build um, coming to us live from Queensland right now? Quite possibly. Um, lovely stuff. That is a shock. Uh, lovely to hear um, some unpredictability and we look forward to seeing how it all plays out. For now, we're going to have to content ourselves though with some best bets as you've both got five points to spend on these outrights and we will come to you first, please, Richard. Right, okay. Um, so one point, Brisbane Heat um, to win the tournament at seven to one. Um, and then I'm going to have one point Perth Scorchers Brisbane Heat final at 10 to 1, one point Perth Scorchers and Melbourne Renegades final at 9 to 1. Then we're going to have a point Sam Harper, top Renegades tournament batsman at 5 to 1, leaves me one left. Um, so I'm going to have half a point Michael Nisa, player of the tournament at 25 to 1, then half a point Jai Richardson, top tournament bowler at 11 to 1. No Tom Curran in there. I can't believe it, Richard. Um, Mediocrity, Sam. Paul Christomurti, up to you. Okay. Uh, there's going to be a very slight crossover because it just can't be avoided. I, I will always try to avoid this, but okay, one point Renegades to win it at 10.5. 1.5 points Scorchers Sixers final, 6-1. Six to one. one point... Um, Scorchers Renegades final at nine to one, and then one point on um, a Sixers Renegades final, fourteen to one, and leaves me half a point, which a quarter of a point on Jimmy Pearson, top heat batsman, thirty three to one, and one that I forgot to put up before, fourteen to one, Hilton Cartwright, top stars batsman, fourteen to one. 
Okay, lovely stuff. Thank you very much, fellas. Uh, that is the end of the show. You are officially warmed up for this big bash. I'm just happy that the group stage is a bit shorter. Some sense that maybe administrators are getting some sense that less is sometimes more. Uh, we are back next week for more bash, plenty more. Besides, I've been Sam Collins with Edward Hawking. Paul Krishnamurti and Richard Mann have a lovely week and we will see you next time.